girl. You go, girl. Yeah, yeah. Get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome back to another Dear Shandy Bachelorette's Recap listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you today? Doing good. Doing good. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Wow. Okay. Excellent. Oh, you upgraded me to excellent. <laughs> I just said doing good. I was saying it's excellent that you're good because oh, I... Oh, that's true. Not to skip ahead to our overall thoughts, I just didn't think this episode was much to no. write home about. But much to do about nothing, yeah. yeah. Just not, not much going on. And we got cheated of an episode, I thought. I agree, and cheated out of some devastated. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to remind you. <sighs> but first, we have housekeeping, or do we? Is there any housekeeping? No. No, we have no housekeeping. I no longer have a cold. I'm not wearing jeans, yeah. and we're not traveling. The house is kept. <laughs> the house is kept. So moving on to our overall thoughts, yeah. beyond the fact that we think there was not anything to write home about. Mm-mm-mm. Unless you write very boring letters home. I guess I found this one a little unsatisfying yeah there were some nice feel-good moments but when two of the major villains of the season pretty much the villains don't show up it leaves a little to be desired in terms of either conflict or resolution well i think we all realize that the thing that makes men or women tell all is the fighting (laughs) it's like the crashes in nascar yeah or at least the self-awareness like i don't need full-blown fights but at least show that you watched yourself on tv and maybe you see things differently and so for them to not show up made it very unsatisfying it was very gentlemanly men tell all Mm. yeah there wasn't a lot of action it makes you realize that men tell all without the fighting is Uh. It ends up being about pasta sauce instead. Mm. (laughs) Okay, let's get started. Because first, of course, we have that hometown date. Episode eight kicks off in that live hall where they record the live segments, whatever that place is called. Yeah, what what it's in some studio in LA. Yeah. Yeah. And Andy, you and I were discussing the signs being held up by audience members here. One of them said, for example, girl dad's rule. And then there were a few others. And Andy, you made the claim, and I can't believe I haven't thought of this before, but I think you're probably right, that production makes those signs. There's an assistant somewhere who makes the signs. There's no, 100% no question in my mind. It look, You can tell that there's a person. It has the signature of that person. <laughs> Every just, sign looks like some one the, person The signs do look like sisters. <laughs> yeah. And they're very generic and watered down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd like to see some better signage. Just let the people... Although maybe those are actors too. I think maybe the whole thing be. is a fraud. The whole thing is a fraud. Yeah, it's okay. Is it okay? Do you don't you don't find it annoying? I can't tell if it's tongue in cheek or not. I can't tell if they're like you know that we know that you know that we made these signs and they're kind of stupid. You know, I don't know anymore. Uh, okay, this is why I don't love it. It feels Jerry Springerish when everyone in the audience is like. Ooh, hoo, hoo, and like, ha, 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 that was funny. Oh, he's bad. Yeah. Boo. Like, it just feels so predictable. Everyone's over-emoting. The yes. signage is generic and clearly pre-screened and pre-made mm-hmm. by some production Yeah, persons. there's someone who's dressed up like the name of the dog of the villain. I demand a more genuine <laughs> men tell all audience. I demand it. But look, they're being rewarded with free cruises, so what do we know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm dying to know. Yeah, we want to know. Are they real people or are they extras? Tell us. The Shandies will know because They'll they know. know everything, including how to make a nuclear bomb. Now, thanks to us. <laughs> okay, so now we are in Salem, Massachusetts for Avon's hometown. And this date opens with creepy sort of haunted house music. They're really mm. leaning into this Salem stereotype. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been to Salem? I have not been to Salem. It's worth... A half day trip. It really is. If you have a half day. That's the day, most backhanded compliment ever. It's, oh, it's, it's worth a no, half it's, day trip. It's a fully front-handed compliment. <laughs> it's it's somewhere, if you're driving in the general vicinity, you say, you know what? Let's spend a few hours in Salem. It's worth it. It encapsulates creepy quaint. Mm. It's equal parts creepy, equal parts quaint. And it's interesting because, you know, they try to lean into the whole witch thing. So, you know, you're like, oh, well, that's kind of creepy. It's like, but it's not really that. It's actually creepy on top of that. Like creepy in ways that they're not trying to be creepy. Oh, really? It's a creepy town. There's something weird about Salem. Wait, can you be more specific? How is it creepy on top of the sort of kitsch creepy that they're leaning into? You know what? I want the Shandies to go visit Salem and you tell me (laughs) if I'm wrong. 
Tell me. I want to know. Am I wrong? I'm not going to describe why it's creepy. Creepy is very hard to describe mm. when it's not in your face. Mm. I mean, a guy, like some some guy coming up to you in the street, like, hey, little girl, here's some candy. <laughs> Let me see your panties. Now, that's <laughs> that's obviously creepy. That's not what Salem is. Salem is, is you can't quite put your finger on it, but it is creepy and delightfully quaint. Mm. Both. Equal parts. Okay. Worth a half-day visit. So again, the music is creepy and haunted, and it's another reminder of just how powerful music is. Mm -hmm. How crazy is this? If this had been upbeat music, you'd be like, oh, what a jaunty date. Oh, yeah. And instead, it's all like... You, you know what? I would love to see some of the great movies of all time without music. Oh, you'd yeah. Be, they'd be, you'd be like, what is this? Yeah. This doesn't work. It's powerful stuff. Rachel sits and chats with Avon now, and she says she's really nervous. And it's because he had told her last week that his parents had not approved of his last two girlfriends. And I thought it was interesting how they didn't approve individually. Yeah. So his father hadn't liked one girlfriend, and then his mother hadn't liked another. And she asks if they've ever met someone at the same time. And he said no. Because they haven't been together since he graduated college and they haven't even been, quote, in the same room. Oh, wow. So this is going to be the first time they meet a girlfriend of his simultaneously. And I imagine the powers that be were probably like, ooh, they were like rubbing their palms yeah. together. Like, ooh, there might be something to oh, it was a palm extract rubbing. from this. Palm <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But alas, his parents were uh, pretty chill, honestly. Yeah. But first, they go to Crow Haven Corner, a witch shop. Where they meet Lorelai, the love witch. I have a lot of air quotes in here because I'm not sure. Yeah. The whole town of Salem is in quotes. <laughs> Lorelai says that this is the oldest shop in Salem, in fact, in the country. Okay. Something's crazy there. I Googled this mm -hmm. because this sounded like the most outlandish claim I've ever heard. Yes. And they're actually, thank the internet, the sweet, <laughs> sweet internet. There's literally a... Oldest shops in Salem top 40 list. Uh -huh. I kid you not. Yeah. And it's not on there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that being said, I then looked up this place. The, was it the Crow's Nest or something? The Crow Haven Corner. Okay. I looked up the place. It was founded in 1971. Oh. Okay. So... so Okay, she so, must have been talking about witch shops in yes, particular. She must have forgotten to mention <laughs> that it's witch shops, yeah, or maybe which they are literally... One in the whole country, <laughs> and it's in Salem. And not to mention, if it was the oldest shop, I would assume the oldest shop in America has got to be at least 1800s, early 1800s, I'm guessing. And if you opened a witch shop, then you literally would be instantaneously burnt at the stake. So completely makes no sense. But anyway, 1971. Well, what we got from this is that Lorelai is proud of her shop. Yeah, very And she proud. should be. It looked like it had a lot to if offer. If you want witch stuff, I'm telling you, no question you go to that place. They had crystals, as Rachel pointed out, she candles. Lorelai has the most hardcore Boston accent we've ever heard. Oh, my God. It was amazing. It's not really very befitting of a witch. I agree, yeah. but like I, I want her to be her because she was kind of wonderful. I enjoyed I, her. I get it. I mean, look, obviously it's entertaining, yeah. but like, can you imagine like a witch is dabble, dabble, toil and trouble, <laughs> fire bin and cauldron bobble. <laughs> doesn't work, right? It doesn't. You know that what it does? That doesn't work. It's not timeless enough. No. It really no. takes you to a place. It's like Mark Wahlberg trying <laughs> to like do a potion. Yeah. Lorelai reads their palms and tells Avon he needs to say how he feels because if he doesn't, quote, there's only so much time. I thought that was a convenient <laughs> conclusion. <laughs> and she tells Rachel, meanwhile, that she's a giver and tells her to follow her instincts. I wrote true, but also generic. And now she does a love spell. Which we enjoyed because her Boston accent just... Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Abracadabra. <laughs> anyway, we enjoyed Lorelai quite a bit. She was actually the highlight of this whole episode, oh, starting strong. Are you strong. kidding? I would have taken the whole thing, yeah, all Lorelai. Agreed. And as Lorelai... By the way, just as an aside, yeah. I did a lot of research on this store. Lorelai is the second owner... The Ooh. previous owner is now 90, still kicking, and still doing witch tours. Wow. But yeah, she found you know, 971, 
And uh, now this is the second honor. You know, I like that because oftentimes they get people to play these roles and they're clearly actors. Lorelai, she deserved her time in the spotlight. Like, I'm so happy this happened. I would love to go. We're going to go to that store. Big Lorelai fans here. Mm. And as Lorelai goes to leave the table, and I love how she says, okay, I'm leaving now. (laughs) I've had enough of this. She gets caught. Up. Even which store proprietors have their limits of stupidity. So as Lorelai goes to leave, something she's wearing, I don't know what, catches the table and it tumbles to the ground. And this was pretty funny, actually, because it was clearly not meant to happen. And we agreed then when we saw the dimensions of this table that this was bound to happen. It was a poorly designed table. I used to have a table like that. Remember the table I used to have, the glass table? I hated that table. Anytime you leaned at all on that table, the other side would flip up. Yeah. Okay. So meanwhile, now back in the live segment, Jesse is teasing what's to come. And he says, has Nate recovered from his devastating breakup and we were like ah but it was devastating not devastated and it was also in the live part yeah it doesn't count at all just in case anyone wants it wouldn't have counted even if it was ed it wouldn't have counted Mm -hmm. okay so now it's the evening and avon takes rachel to turner's seafood restaurant Mm -hmm. and going into it rachel says she's shaking with nerves Avon toasts and thanks his parents for coming at the same time to meet her. And they do their usual debrief of the season. And the music is once again kind of needlessly ominous. Yeah. There's no ominosity here. No, not necessary. And Andy, meanwhile, you said about AJ, Avon's dad. I want to know this guy's story. I do. Yeah, we were curious about AJ. Yeah. I feel like AJ has a story. Do you think the Channies can figure that out? That's a, that's a tall order. <laughs> Yeah, not in a bad way. No, he has the eyes. I see it in his eyes. There's a story. Yeah. So Rachel chats with AJ now, and he asks what attracts her to Avon as a person. She says there's so much she can't describe it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a pop quiz. Like you didn't know know anything in in high school. And you're like, there's so many answers. I can't even give any. <laughs> uh, she says they have so much in common, and we kind of feel bad for her because it does feel like she's getting grilled a lot yeah. in these hometowns. And it's not fair. Like we could be hard on Rachel here, but the fact is, she ha- this is part of the job. Oh, she's totally. got to do this. Yes, and, and she does seem just, to be getting a lot of skeptics. Yeah, it's come on. I mean, it's just not. Fa- I mean, she did what she had to do. Yeah. AJ asks if they can bring this into the real world, and she says absolutely. And she ultimately wins him over. We can tell by the music shift, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he asks if she's ready to wholeheartedly commit to Avon. And she's honest here. She says her feelings are so strong, but honestly, at this point, not 100%. Mm-hmm. And I took this as Rachel knowing how to read her audience because, you know, some parents might perceive this in the wrong way, but you could tell AJ valued her honesty no. over the fact that it wasn't necessarily what he wanted to hear. Straight shooter. Mm-hmm. Respects to straight shot. Rachel now chats with Avon's mom and Rachel says she would never get family involved if she didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why things ended with Tyler so abruptly, right before family got involved. <laughs> His mom reveals that for Avon to outwardly show so much affection towards her, it's a pretty big deal because he's not really like that. I believe it. I believe it too. As we watch this date, I even said Avon really keeps his cards close to the vest. I think Avon really likes Rachel. I think so too. Okay, so now Avon chats with his dad. Avon reveals that if he gets the validation that she feels the same way, he would trust the connection and quite possibly get down on one knee. And AJ says, don't stop fighting for her because she's a good catch. Wow, Rachel really AJ's won. AJ's into Rachel. <laughs> as they exit the restaurant, Rachel says it was hard and she was shaking as she entered. And Andy, you said lying is hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we say this in in oh, good fun because absolutely. we just don't think Avon's winning. I say it lovingly. Yes. Because she was given an impossible job mm-hmm. and she did it very well. Yes, yeah, she did. She did what she had to do. Yeah. I actually think Rachel is excellent at hometowns. She really is. Like expert this is level. where she shines. Yes. Even when she breaks the heart of everyone in the hometown. <laughs> Even officially now tells her that he's falling in love with her and she glows at mm, this. She loves and yeah, that. This ends with a makeout and then this is kind of strange. Jesse, now back in the live segment, says that the ladies gave all their guys roses at the rose ceremony. And if we want to watch said rose ceremony, head to ABC.com because there's too much to get to. And therefore, we can't be bothered and with ABC.com needs some hits. Well, you know what happened is they were like, oh, you want us to promote this movie, Bros? Oh, we need to cut something. We'll it's- cut... 
an integral part of our own show to promote this movie. <laughs> you're right. Ching. I didn't even think of that, but you're 100% right. So now it is Mentel All and attending are Roby, the magician, Jordan H, Termaine, Jacob, Jordan V, Alec, Quincy, Ethan, Spencer, Mario, Meatball, Logan, Tyler, and Nate. It kind of a random assortment, honestly. Yeah. So when asked by Jesse how it felt heading into meeting two women, Nate says that he was just trying not to pass out. The crowd loves this. Yeah. In general, the crowd loves Nate. Yeah, fan favorite. Tyler, meanwhile, says that the Bachelorettes did everything perfectly and they should look back and regret nothing. And Andy, you said, always says the right thing. I'm telling you, Tyler has got to get out of the carnival game business and into politics. Oh, so true. He yeah. would kill it absolutely kill especially it. with that baby face jersey politics mm -hmm. and he seems like a little bit of a scumbag like <laughs> he's not showing that which is perfect no it's so true you yeah. gotta seem squeaky clean but not actually be yeah and there is no way tyler is as squeaky clean as he seems Ooh. which i and i don't mean that in a mean way i no. just i think few people are who are yeah. no one's as squeaky clean yeah, as they seem totally Nobody. and if anything if you seem squeaky clean you're probably filthy <laughs> So now we get a recap of the season. Jesse asks the guys how hard it was to navigate, figuring out who to pursue. And Ethan says it in the first two weeks it was tough to navigate, while Quincy said you should just know who you pair up with best. And now they come at Jacob for his lack of manners with how he handled telling Gabby he wasn't into her. And Jacob now falls on his sword so readily that oh. the audience applauds. Oh, he did it. He, he was preparing this for a long time. Oh, yeah. Jake, you know, I got to give him credit. Yeah. Like he didn't. He wasn't defensive. Even on Not Instagram, right off the no. bat, he was like, I'm, I'm he, ashamed. He probably I'm saw it and was mortified. Yeah. I think he probably didn't realize how it came off. And he was even quick to say later when he did talk to Gabby directly, he was like, I didn't have any self-awareness and this is something I'm working on. I mean, what more can you ask for other than yeah. that? No, You're not going right to rake him over the coals any more than this. No. So one of the two guys with questionable edits to actually show up. How much do you think they offered Hayden? I mean, without Hayden. Offer for like money? He, they must have offered him money. You don't get paid to go to tell all. This men tell all would have been completely different if Hayden was it's there. It's so true. It would have been full on Jerry Springer. <laughs> I guarantee you they offered him money and he, he wouldn't come on. He's like, no, there's no amount of money you're going to pay me to go mm. on that show and get crucified. Mm. I think it's interesting that the two guys. So let's count the four guys who had anything in the villain edit sphere. First, there was Chris. Chris. Then there was uh, Jacob and Logan. Hayden and then Logan. Logan right. right? Jacob and Logan are both on Paradise and they were both there. Yep. Meanwhile, Hayden and Chris, I don't picture being on Paradise and they were not there. I just can't help but think that there's some connection there. I just You're don't sure think it's not on Paradise. I'm not sure, but I wouldn't Chris I know is he's done. But Hayden, I'd be shocked if they didn't offer him money to be on the show. It, it made the it mental all boring and, and nothing. I just really don't picture them offering someone money to go on a tell-all because usually they frame a tell-all as your opportunity to defend yourself. I mean, anything is possible, but I, from what I understand, they tend to frame the tell-all more as an opportunity for you, for you, the contestant, mm. the wronged contestant or the contestant that maybe wants to clear a few things up to go back on TV to that exact same audience and to defend yourself, to right those wrongs, whatever, right. or to apologize, but just to come off looking better. I don't really picture them offering someone money to do that. It's you usually like, this is our gift to you. This is your chance. I'm going to take your word for it. Mm. You know more than me. I mean, this is just me speculating. Okay, so now again, in that context of how to decide which bachelorette you're into, Meatball comes up and he explains he thought if he did get a rose, it was going to be from Gabby. And now Roby, magician Roby. Who blonde Roby. <laughs> blonde. <laughs> hey, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Roby, blonde guy. Yeah, Roby really wanted attention. Ooh, he likes a good, heavy oh, attention. Yeah. The only magician ever to yeah. want attention. <laughs> Roby comes at Meatball inexplicably here for making it about who was into him and not about who he was more into, mm. which I thought was didn't make any sense. Like, of course, if you're on this show, part of you is going to consider who's into you on top of who you're into. Yep. Like, of course, 
I, you're not going to be like, I want to go for that bachelorette because I'm into her, even though I think the other person might like me more. Plus, yeah. they t- kind of go in tandem. You tend to be more into people who like you, too. I honestly, Meatball's response should have been like, what's your name again? Well, yeah, I think Ethan did that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ethan pulled that. Yeah. Anyway, Andy, on Robbie, you said, I can't take this guy seriously. Show me some tricks. <laughs> That's all you're good for. Yeah. Make you magic tricks, magic man. Charlene. Yes? Your hair looks divine. Oh, my. Thank you. I was actually just noticing that yours looks very full. Oh. Well, and lustrous. <laughs> I mean, uh, look, I'm not saying that we owe all of our hair to Nutrafol, but I will say that there is a thickness. Mm, that wasn't there before. Yeah, that I think that we're going to have to give credit where credit's due right there. Yeah, right. I feel the same way. It's like, okay, when you take supplements and things, all you can really do is notice like small differences. But I have to say that I have noticed a difference. And this is coming from someone who in their 20s never really had to think about her hair at all. And then in my 30s, I really noticed a difference. Yeah. And then Nutrafol was the thing I turned to. And I've noticed that it's given me my my oomph back it's made my ponytail just a bit more <laughs> i get what you mean and i'll tell you i'm i'm uh, in another age category <laughs> and i will tell you that that category results in some pretty significant hair thinning hair now gone tomorrow <laughs> oh that's awful yeah. but it's true i mean let's be honest people don't get more hair as they get older no and so it's nice to just have a little bit of help in your corner to help keep what you've got and maybe grow a little bit more it is physician formulated and clinically shown to improve hair growth thickness and scalp coverage and supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of hair thinning do you know what those are um, I'm going to go with stress. Very good. Hormones. Yes. Environment. Wow. Nutrition. Excellent. And metabolism. And I think this is a pretty impressive number. In a clinical study, after six months of using Nutrafol, 86% of women reported improved hair growth. I mean, that's pretty solid for something that's sort of hard to really pinpoint in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I would take like 51%. That's good for me. <laughs> and I've got the men formula. <laughs> I've got the women's. (laughs) They're different. The spoke. (laughs) So you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support Dear Shandy by going to Nutrafol.com and entering promo code Shandy to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus free shipping on every order. Again, that's $15 off at Nutrafol spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code Shandy. So now we move on to Chris, villain number one. Hmm. Uh, Alec reveals that Chris sucked in all the ways. (laughs) (laughs) Not only was it what we saw on TV, but also around the house he was condescending and he didn't clean up after himself. Wow. And now they all take turns condemning him. I I, I believe it. I believe it too. It seems like he sucks. The not cleaning up after yourself. Can I just say in that mansion, whenever someone doesn't do that, you notice and it's annoying. Yeah. Imagine if everyone did that. There was one girl on my season who would always make these green smoothies and would leave the glass. First of all, she'd leave the blender just unrinsed. She would just leave the blender there with like green shit all over it and then drink it out of this big glass and then just leave the glass somewhere around the house. And I think viewers mistakenly think that you're cleaned up after, but you're not. Oh, wow. There's room service when you get over into hotels and stuff, but in the mansion, you're washing your own dishes, you're cooking your own food. And so I cannot tell you how many times I personally cleaned this girl's glasses because oh I couldn't so stand sweet it. Of you. Or I would at least like fill it with water so it would soak. That's such a Charlene thing to do. Well, it just drove me crazy. It was a smoothie. It's particularly. Oh, it's like crusty. Yeah. If you let a smoothie sit for more than a day, It's basically, that's it. You have to throw anything out that it touched. (laughs) Anyway, so when I heard that, I was like, Chris. (laughs) Okay, so Jesse mentions in passing now that someone did show up, meaning Logan. And you can already sense now how the show is treating him differently, I said. Oh. I think partly because of Paradise. I don't know if maybe, I don't know. Slightly because of Dear Shandy. (laughs) Giving ourselves a lot of credit there. But I do wonder if things go very well for him in paradise and now suddenly they're all in each other's good graces. Didn't it kind of feel like this? All I can say is this is the early stages of an extremely large and grandiose I told you so. (laughs) 
and I'm enjoying it. This is like the the amuse bouche, if my I told you so. <laughs> well, based on that preview, it seemed like he's, as someone said, a hot commodity or yeah. in in hot demand, yeah. and maybe that'll work against him. But you know what? It's consistent with your A game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so now Hayden, villain number two slash three, who also isn't there. Jesse brings up Hayden, mentioning his use of demeaning terms, comparing the women to his exes, and that infamous single word, rougher on the edges. <laughs> and the guys once again take turns condemning him. I said, I've got to say, these villain smackdowns don't quite land the same when the person in question doesn't show up. Yep. This was just so unsatisfying. And you know what would have made it more satisfying? Paying Hayden to show up. You got it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just sort of an echo chamber of everyone saying things that we already know and already think. It's the exact it's, same it's flavor not, that he left with. There were no surprises no. in this mental all. There was there were no revealing moments. There was nothing. I gotta almost look, I don't like Hayden at all, but there is a real lack of fucks given to not take this opportunity to try and clear your reputation yeah. at all. I agree. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. He's that person. He doesn't have the capacity to lie on TV enough to make people think that he's not that person. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, so he is not remotely remorseful. Yeah, he has nothing to regret. He's like, wait, I don't understand. What did I do wrong? Like, he's that person. (laughs) Yeah, he totally is. And even if he knows he did something wrong, he's like, I can't dig my... I don't have the gumption Mm -hmm. to dig myself out of that hole. I can't lie. I may be a liar, but I can't lie that hard. Or maybe his revenge was not going on because he knew the tell-all would suck without him. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Okay, so now we've moved on to villain number four, Logan. I laughed when Jesse brought things over to Logan and he clearly looks like he's about to get up. (laughs) Like he knows his hot seat is coming. He's been briefed on this. He's probably got his own trailer or getting ready area i say this as someone who had a hot seat i knew i would have a hot seat i knew what would be asked of me in the hot seat and Mm -hmm. i had my own room where producers would come and go like i wasn't getting ready with everyone else you were a featured women i was a featured guest but what was funny is when jesse was like okay so now moving over to logan and usually there's some talk usually there's some talk first before he invites him up and once he said logan logan was like (laughs) I just love ready to go. Yeah, he was ready to go. And he also just was like kind of jumping the gun and kind of seemed like he wasn't in his element, but it was also really endearing. Okay, so first, before the hot seat, Ethan says the group date being canceled really rubbed him the wrong way. I had to say, not directly Logan's fault. No saying. Spencer says that when Logan came over to their side, he knew their conversations would be shorter at that point. I gotta say, once again, not directly Logan's fault. Yeah, butterfly flaps its wing. Don't blame the butterfly. Mm-hmm. Logan owns accepting a rose to be able to explore things with Gabby, saying it was worth it to him if she was his future forever partner. Mm-hmm. And no one really has a rebuttal to this. And I wrote, it's at times like this when I love how seriously everyone is forced to take things. Everyone there has to take this seriously. And so no one can therefore accuse someone else of not taking it that seriously do you know what i mean like logan gave the answer of i'm taking this seriously yeah and who are you to be like no you're not because you also could be accused of not taking it seriously so him being like she could have been my forever partner they're like damn it (laughs) you know like what what have you got no comeback yeah that's it okay so now logan's officially in that hot seat jesse says tell me if i've got this right you flirted with both gabby and rachel you made out with both gabby and rachel you joined team rachel until you didn't And in response, Logan says, in layman's terms, that's sort of right. I loved this answer because it was a concession of sorts. You could tell that he was like, it's not quite right. It's not quite right. It didn't really happen like that. If you want to put it in a nutshell and make it sound as bad as possible, sure. I tell you, his intelligence shines through. It was a real response. Yes. (laughs) It was tongue in cheek and real. Yes. He gets two points. Mm -hmm. He says, looking back after Rachel gave him that rose in that big rose, the one with the where they drew the line in the sand. Ah, yeah. uh, The line in the sand rose ceremony, Mm -hmm. as I'll call it. He would have liked to have found the right moment to pull both ladies aside and to say he was open to exploring things with Rachel. But to be honest, the connection that moved him was with Gabby. Termaine takes issue with this. (laughs) 
I mean, of course, remember Tremaine rejected Rachel's rose and didn't get a shot with Gabby. He rolled the dice. He rolled the dice. Came up crap. <laughs> he says that he doesn't have the sympathy card that Logan seems to want. And Logan's like, I don't want anything from you. Amazing. <laughs> What does Tremaine have any business even weighing in on Logan? I also didn't get the impression that Logan was seeking sympathy. No, he's not. There was nothing about his performance that was no. like, oh, feel bad for me. Zero. It was more like, I just don't think I'm a horrible person. He's like, good luck with your Bitcoin, Tremaine. <laughs> Good guy, though. I like Jermaine. No, I actually no like offense. Jermaine fine. And I thought what he did was very noble. Yeah. But he had no business stepping into this fight. I don't fight, think so. Yeah. But it's OK. But it was he was no Roby. No, 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 not that bad. Jordan H. now chimes in to say he thinks Logan thought that if he flipped that he could stay around longer. And Logan says he disagrees. He says he thought there was a very good chance that when he left, Rachel Gabby would also reject him. He says it wasn't the easy choice, and it certainly wasn't because it was convenient. And I, people are going to say we're biased, but I mean, I also agree with this. How many How times? How was this the easier thing to do? He definitely, I mean, COVID aside, we don't know because of COVID, and we can do COVID in air quotes if people want, but I think he was going to make it pretty far on Rachel's season. I don't think people are appreciating enough that Logan might have been taking this journey mm-hmm. more seriously than anybody. Yes. The fact of the matter is many times who, I don't know, I don't want to say who hasn't, but I know I have many times had two women. <laughs> <laughs> I have had many women in my life. <laughs> no, but seriously, who hasn't had at some point? I know. I, okay. I see what okay, you're saying. Okay, Maybe people haven't had. No, no, no. I can see what you're saying. Like I, if you're a single person dating today and you are, you haven't had exclusivity conversations, you can easily be dating two or more people at the same time. For different reasons. Like add up all the things you like about both of them and each one in their own different ways adds up to 50%. Mm. And then you're stuck. I think some people would make the counter argument that if you cannot pick a favorite out of two, that means you shouldn't have either. No, you just have very good taste. You have to attract very high quality partners. Okay, so what's your point here then that Logan... My point is that he was just doing what any normal person would do if they were presented with two very high caliber candidates for their mateship. (laughs) And I do think if the genders had been reversed, we would be applauding female Logan. Agreed. Oh my God, let's think about this for a second. There's two bachelors... And there's one woman who gets along with both of them great, makes out with both of them, has great banter with both of them, and then takes one rose from one and then it's like, uh, or takes a few roses from one and it's like, I actually think I like the other guy better. We would be like, get yeah, it, girl. Yeah, you go, girl, yeah, yeah. get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not, not good at that. <laughs> yeah, what, how do you do that? What I don't is, know, you're better it? at it than me. Is, is it? What is what is the finger goes this way and the the head goes the other way? Is that how it works? Why doesn't why is that so hard for me? I know I can see someone doing it, but I can't make it happen. I can do it in slow motion. How about I'll speed that up? Okay. But yeah, in short, I also disagree with Jordan H here. I think the safe bet would have been to have stayed with Rachel if his intention was simply to last as long as possible. I think him going through such an inconvenient path showed that he actually really did like Gabby. I agree. But I'll never understand yeah. why people came yeah. after him. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Okay, so now Jesse asks if Logan regrets pursuing Gabby, and Logan says he wishes he'd gone about it in a different way that didn't affect so many people, but ultimately does not regret it. And I wrote, and remember, the reason it affected so many people was not because of him, but because of the powers that be. Agreed. We did find it weird that they didn't talk about his COVID gate. Gate. Yeah. It was just kind of odd. This is one of the strangest things I've ever seen, not only on the show, but on TV in general. Like his whole COVID thing. The whole thing, the COVID situation, and then the lack of addressing any post mortem on that. Yeah, totally. Like anywhere. Like the internet's abuzz with conspiracy theories. I really want to know. Well, I don't think he didn't have COVID. I just find it weird how they're handling it. There wasn't one mention. As a matter of fact, if I really wanted to get a layup, I would have made COVID the word watch (laughs) and I would have lost again. Okay, so Jesse announces that everyone in the room will get a free cruise. 
you get a cruise, you get a cruise, you get a cruise. Oprah style. That's a good pro- it's a, it's good a solid. Plan. It's yeah, like I mean, a million dollars worth of cruises. And now it's Nate's turn in the hot seat. But before we talk about this, we have to talk about his outfit. Because, Sharp dressed man. Oh, he was my best dressed. Yeah. That I think, green suit oh, and that little so pearl nice. detail. Just for fun. The guy's fashion is almost too good. It's almost too good. It's not too good. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> you know what? I think they should always have a Flock of Seagulls soundtrack playing when he's on the screen. I think it would really help. What is that a movie? Flock of Seagulls? Yeah. It's a band from the 80s. He's just such an 80s emo guy. Nate? Yeah. <laughs> no? And I ran. I ran so far away. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Good That's job. his song. I feel like he should be in the music video for that song. I think he was. He, just doesn't, <laughs> even, he doesn't even know it. No, Nate, I mean, he's great to look at and he's uh, he performs well under pressure as well, it would seem. Mm-hmm. Jesse applauds him for his maturity and vulnerability. He says he was impressive to watch. And now we get a recap of their relationship. I will say I did think this recap was a little too long and a little too serious. It reminded yeah. me of the breakup with Tyler and Rachel and then, of course, the breakup between Nate and Gabby. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of yeah. like, okay, well, he he had one date. Honestly, the rest of the time, we thought he was falling into the friend zone. Yeah. Well, he's a character. He's yeah, engaging. He, so totally, they wanted to highlight him. Totally. I think that was why. And he had a couple of really meaningful, like, power moments in the yeah. season. So I think that they also wanted to highlight that. He's got personality. He makes the show, he made the show look good. Moments with, yeah. like, Chris, where Nate came at Chris defending women and really shouldn't talk yeah, about yeah, women yeah. that way you know like he he makes the show look good and so i think they you know wanted to give him a lot of airtime. but i did think this was a little drawn out sorry if you disagree nate says that even though they broke up what they shared was beautiful and special he says his daughter is the greatest treasure in his life and he wants his partner to have that same level of support jesse asks what he would say to his daughter if she's watching <laughs> And Nate says, everything he does is for her. She saved him and he's going to be the best man that he can be because of her. And this elicits awes from the audience of mostly women. Do you think they had like a, like on the screen, like, <laughs> instead of applause there's yeah. the awe uh-uh. the neon awe sign. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this was very sweet. He seems like a fantastic dad. I do find it a little funny when it's like, what would you say to your young daughter if she's watching right now? It's yeah. like... Yeah. It's like <laughs> clean the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, what's he going to say? Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. It's but a layup. Yeah. He knocked this out of the park. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jesse now brings up the allegations mm. that he kept his daughter a secret while he dated someone for one and a half years. He says the one thing he always seeks to protect most is his daughter. And in this case, he was protecting her from the instability of his dating life. Jesse says, oh, And you were dating two women at the same time. (laughs) Nate says he should have communicated better and he apologizes and he's a different man now than he was then. (laughs) Jesse does not let up. He's like, well, people are questioning your feelings for Gabby and whether or not what you said to Gabby was real. And Nate says every moment and emotion he had with Gabby was real. I got to say, that is such a... I mean, we get such a small taste of this with this podcast, but it really applies across the board is this assumption that if you do one bad thing ever, you're a bad person. Right. Like if you don't handle something the way people deem to be the right way. So because he maybe led on one or two women or, you know, didn't tell them about his daughter or whatever, I'm not I'm actually not really up on the rumors. So I'm sure they're not flattering, yeah. but it's. I find it's so like Bachelor Nation-y to be like, well, in that case, everything he's saying on this TV show right now is a lie. And he's in general a terrible person. Well, that's the thing. I think it's ridiculous to assume that everyone who's cast on these shows is like an ambassador for how to behave in a relationship. (laughs) Totally. Or that it's always one, one way. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, you're going to be one way in one relationship and not that same. I I have been in relationships that have not brought out the best of me is all I'm saying. If everyone could be seen in their worst moments, in their worst relationships, everyone would look like an animal. Yes. Yeah. Well said. Nothing against animals. (laughs) And now Alec chimes in to say great men make other men better and knowing Nate has made him better. Nice. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Okay. So now we have some Paradise Promotion. Right on schedule, serene. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay, now we're going to open the door. Okay. I'm going to close the door. 
opening the door. <laughs> Very good. Ooh, I ran out of breath halfway through. You got an ab workout out of that. Yeah. Okay, so Serene, Genevieve, Victoria F., and Andrew S. sit in the hot seat. Andrew claims it's the most dramatic season ever. Mm-hmm. And while Jesse peppers them with, I wrote, generic questions, we keep being told it's crazy, crazy, crazy. Oh, yeah. And now we get a preview. And when we saw Aaron, the police chief, Andy, you groaned. <laughs> Maybe he'll change your mind this time. I doubt it. We agree Jesse shines in this live show environment. Yeah. He really comes into his own in these. He does. Yeah, we kind of make fun of him here and there with the regular programming. And I actually think he's really good at that, too. But I feel like in these live segments, you're like, oh, wow, you really have been hosting for the last decade. Plus. Yeah. I can't imagine someone doing it better. Same. Like I Especially can imagine- having had a taste, by the way, hosting. I'm blown away. This is very impressive. So would you say Jesse Palmer is your idol? Polymer. <laughs> Polymer. Polymer. So he's a mix of metals <laughs> or resins. I don't know what polymer is. I think it's resins. Yeah, no, I think he's great at this. Yeah, Honestly, it would be hard to improve upon. I would say that in the live shows, he's significantly better than Chris Harrison. Ooh. Whereas I think in the normal show, he's a little less good than Chris well, Harrison. Well, you know, it's hard when you're so used to Chris Harrison and it's hard to disassociate him like even when Jesse uses his hands I'm like oh that's a Chris Harrisonism but then I found myself when I was in a hosting position wanting to use my like I you kind of are like what do I do with my hands and so I don't know I have a new appreciation for this and I think especially in this live show environment where you really need to be more off the cuff and maybe that's why he is so good at it is because he's not constrained by lines I thought he did really well here and you know every artist is a cannibal one of my favorite lines cannibal Every artist is a cannibal. Every artist you've ever liked in your life has cannibalized the work of some other artist before him or her. Isn't it like just copied? Like, why is it cannibalized? To be honest, it was it was something that was written on a T-shirt I got at a U2 concert when I was like 16. (laughs) (laughs) And you were pretending that was your own i was well i was oh my god you were you were cannibalizing someone else's art by saying that that's so meta (laughs) i was cannibalizing a saying about cannibalizing art yes i guess imitation is flattery and it's not quite imitation but you need to get your inspo from somewhere just as chris harrison might have gotten his from somewhere yeah (laughs) okay maybe jeff probst oh yeah okay so gabby and rachel finally arrive they say they're so grateful to have had each other through this and they'd have it no other way. They survived. <laughs> yes. Ostensibly. Ostensibly. Jesse gets right away to the first impression, Roses. I'm so glad he did this mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah, yeah. I got to say, not to do another I told you so, but it is pretty satisfying how even episode one, we were like, Mario. <laughs> like it made no <laughs> sense. None. Still doesn't make any sense. It's... Uh, it makes even less sense less. now than it did then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jesse asks what happened with Mario. Gabby said that she wasn't sure what side he was on until towards the end when he did say he was there for her. Mm. Mario sees this very differently and says that he was only having a conversation with Rachel that po- at that point. This is, this is after he had gotten that first impression, Rose, and that he didn't pivot, unlike some people... <laughs> namely Logan. <laughs> and then there's a, I'm going to insert it right here. So he says like, unlike some people, some people pivoted, you know, like Logan, for example, he starts pointing fingers elsewhere. And then there's this shot of Logan that I'll insert here that just cracked me up. Like the camera is sort of blurry and then focuses on Logan. And Logan's just like, <laughs> Oh, deadpan stare right into the he's camera. Like, he's like, I thought I was done. Do I need to keep defending myself? And it was also just such a flailing moment of Mario's to be like, but, but I didn't. Yeah, yeah. What about those guys? <laughs> yeah. Mario says he thinks Gabby kind of did him wrong. Mm, stepped in it, Mario. Great expression from Rachel here. She's like, yeah, it was satisfying. Gabby says she actually feels the same way and didn't get a clear message from him that he was in for her until she made that decision for him. And at the end of the day, she wants to be chosen. I thought this was a mic drop moment. Absolutely. And not to mention, did him wrong. She did him right. She gave he didn't him deserve every- the first impression, oh, Rose. I don't know what happened Especially there. when we saw that kiss at the right? end of this episode. Yeah. Which was, by the way, it was even worse than I thought it yeah. was. She gave him TV. She gave it to him. Mm-hmm. It was a gift. Yeah. He should be grateful. And he got a little, I think he honestly got a little too big for his britches. Yeah. That's sort of how it felt. He, he was got like, first yeah. impression Rosehead. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> 
I wonder if I got that. <laughs> no, you got the opposite. I think you shied away from the cameras after you got the first impression rose. Jordan V. Now, Rachel says she never wanted anyone to feel strung along and she was just following her heart. He compliments her and her dress. Mm-hmm. It was a lovely dress. Yeah, nice dress. And thanks her for the experience. This whole thing is just very amicable. And now we move on to Jacob. What? I still don't understand what happened with Jordan V. There was no explanation. Yeah, she just didn't feel it. It kind of felt like he deserved to... A little more. Be, be strung along a bit longer. Yeah, just a little bit. Like one, two, maybe three episodes. Yeah. And now Jacob, he admits that what he said to Gabby was very hurtful and it took watching it back to realize it. He says he obviously didn't have self-awareness and he's trying to better himself. And now he gets emotional, kind of seems to be on the verge of crying. And Andy, you said, oh, please, mm-hmm. as he apologizes. And his apology is accepted. It did. Yeah, it did seem to be laid on slightly thick. Yeah. But I, I do. I think he planned the cry. <laughs> He's like, this will get them. <laughs> well, I'm always suspicious when there's you don't even see the, the misting of the eye. He's a good actor. Maybe. <laughs> OK, Tyler. Now, Rachel apologizes, but says she could not get there. Tyler, Tyler doing what Tyler does best, rises to the occasion and says it was tough, but he thinks she did everything perfectly. And her greatest attribute is wearing her heart on her sleeve, and he respects her so much, and people applaud. And for this reason, I'm announcing my candidacy for New Jersey <laughs> Congressman <laughs> Representative. I mean, he would be good at it. I, I, I mean, if, that, if that's what it takes. If he listens to Dear Shandy, I hope he takes this to heart, because yeah. that's his calling. Yeah. That's what we need. More Tylers in the House of Representatives. <laughs> I think we probably have enough already. <laughs> Okay, and now Nate. Gabby says that he's such a leader for all men and how he treats women. He tells her she handled everything with grace and class and he still adores her. And all in all, it's all just happiness yeah. and hugs. Yeah, lots of happiness. And rainbows and butterflies. No fighting, just joy. Joy. Just joy. Okay, and now shameless movie plug, Bros. Jesse brings out Billy Eichner and Luke McFarlane, stars of Bros. He asks them to rate dating do's and don'ts from the season, including stuffing Speedos. I think that's obviously a don't. Yeah. You never want to overpromise and underdeliver in anything, mm. particularly uh, with your with your package. Well, what's funny to me, too, is that there's like growing and showing. Like, I think that yeah. there's the what you sh- show has no bearing on what I've you may grow to. I've never felt the need to show like a bulge. I, I'm, I am a grower. You are I mean, a you grower. Know I'm, <laughs> yeah. a full, I'm like one of the greatest growers of all time. <laughs> it's like Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> Uh. I'm laughing because it's true. Uh. Anyway, go on. Meaning? No, I'm just saying that I've never felt the need. Like, I've never been, like, you know, going to the pool and felt like, oh, people are looking at my small package. That's the strangest thing in the world to me. Mm. Like, if you feel uncomfortable with the fact that you don't have a giant bulge in your pants, you've got other problems. Mario and Rachel's first kiss. Which, like I said, was worse than we yeah. could have ever imagined. And, but no judgment because I also. Yeah, you, you were. Have been there. The business end of a, of a bad kiss. Yes. And Meatball's sauce moment. We agreed hard with Rachel here when she says, and she said in an ITM, I'm Italian, but I don't do canned sauce. I've never agreed with Rachel more. Yeah. The hard wor- agree. The worst homemade Tomato sauce I've ever had mm-hmm. is better than the best yep. canned tomato sauce. Agreed. You know what canned tomato sauce is? It's like a big studio movie that's cross-promoted with like a fast food franchise. Like, you know, it's probably maybe at best going to be watchable, mm-hmm. but it's going to have no soul. So like it's partnered with McDonald's or something? Yeah, it's like Burger King or like Wendy's or like, you know, Carl's Jr. Okay. You don't want to see a movie that's partnering with a fast food chain. How good you think like Martin Scorsese partners with fast food chains when he does a movie? No. That's a good point. Yeah. At very best, you're gonna be like, yeah, that's fine. And that's what I feel about canned sauce. Okay. It's like glossy, blockbuster, well branded. But when you go, you're not really gonna be moved or changed by that movie. Full of promises. And preservatives. Delivers nothing. And preservatives, yeah. They bring out a huge jar of sauce now and meatball strips and pours it on himself and then tackles Billy Eichner. And the whole thing is very strange. Can't get through an episode without wasting food. Can't (laughs) can't manage it. It's true. And Jesse now closes by saying he's so proud of the ladies. He asks them if they have any regrets. Rachel says no. And Gabby says if she did, she would never tell him. It was 
cute. Okay, so moving on to our word watch, Andy. Obviously, there were zero devastated. This time, there were 461 correct guesses. <laughs> I think that might be an all-time high. And our winner is Hannah Shapiro. Congratulations. You win $100 to one of my all-time favorite Etsy shops, Furano Studios. Please email us by this Friday at midnight to claim your prize. And devastated. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you're sticking to your guns next week. Devastated once again. It's not fair. I didn't get an episode. There That's wasn't true. an episode. Avon's thing is there wasn't a real shot at a devastated in that date anyway. Okay. Okay. It's not fair. Okay. It's not fair. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to stick to Devastated. You're not cutting your losses just yet. No. So if you would like to join in the Shandy Word Watch fun, and for episode nine, guess the number of times you hear the word. Devastated. You can guess either below this YouTube video or over on the Instagram post for this recap, the number of times you predict the word devastated will be uttered next week. Episode nine. And if you guess correctly, you'll be entered in a draw of probably more than 461. <laughs> And one name will be drawn and that person will win $120 to Caitlin Bristow's wine brand, Spade and Sparrows. Mm. The odds are getting pretty bad now. <laughs> they are. I mean, we should, maybe we should up the prize to like $10,000. <laughs> so good luck. <laughs> You'll need it. Oh, and you must submit your guess by this Friday at midnight. So moving on, Andy, predictions. I don't think we have any changes. No. Okay. So if you want to know our predictions, they're what we said last week. And if you didn't watch last week, then shame on you. <laughs> okay, that's a wrap, Andy. Any final thoughts? That was a little bit torture. Yeah. That wasn't fun. Tells used to be halfway decent. I used to like them arguably the best. Yeah. You know, because I wanted to see the self-awareness de discovered or developed since filming the show. Jacob gave us a tiny bit of that. Logan gave us a tiny bit of that. But then to not have Chris or Hayden, the two worst, not two worst, the two best villains, you could argue, on to, to either defend themselves or to double down or to apologize, whatever, it felt very anticlimactic. But also not to blanket diss the whole cast, but there weren't any really big personalities this year. I feel like it was just kind of like, eh. I agree. Like Logan was, Logan stood out. I mean, in another season, Logan may have faded into the background. Mm -hmm. But to me, Logan started, he was like James Bond on this <laughs> season. Yeah, the best we could get was Roby. Roby, who had to dye his hair blonde. <laughs> you know, Roby apparently, we're being told, is a star. I know, I, I because I said Steve, no jobs. Yeah. Which I really was proud of until I found out that he actually is a pretty successful magician. Mm -hmm. So And brother to Lily. Sobieski, Sobieski yeah. yeah. So uh, what do know. we know? Yeah, what do we know? But he still had a dye his hair blonde. Yeah, and he kind of acted like someone who doesn't have a job in this tell-all. Yeah, he showed us that he's not making the big bucks in mag magicianry. <laughs> Is it magicianry? I think it's just magic. 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 Okay, if you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you, and that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram, tell your friends, leave us Apple and Spotify podcast ratings and reviews, and generally do all the things you would do to support a podcast you enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Dear Shanty. Bye-bye. <laughs> Yeah.